Hey, it's Cecilia Lay. We're taking the holiday off on Fifth Emission, but we still got something for you. It's an episode of the Chronicle podcast, Total SF, hosted by Peter Hartlob and Heather Knight. It's an interview with a true San Francisco character, Quentin Kopp. He's a former supervisor, state senator, and judge. He's still going strong at 93, and he's known to local journalists as the most prolific, angriest letter writer in the city. Here's Total SF. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Okay, are you recording? Uh, I am recording, yeah. Yes, you may open the gift. This is for your 93rd birthday. Oh, by gosh, it does say on the package, (laughs) happy birthday. Well, this is. My first birthday present, <laughs> 19, I mean, 2021. <laughs> so that was me and Heather Knight deep in the lion's den giving Quentin Cop a birthday present. Heather, this is a total SF a long time in the making. Yes, we've kind of joked about Quentin Cop a lot because he is notorious for writing letters to journalists, usually angry letters. I've been the recipient of many. You usually get nice letters, but you are very uncontroversial, Peter Hartlob. That's not true. I, As we will explain in this episode, I'm about 50-50 because, Heather, I make grammatical errors. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Quentin Cop does not like poor grammar. Um, let's explain who Quentin Cop is. He's a former supervisor, started, I think, in 1971. He was a state senator and a judge, once ran for mayor against both Jello Biafra and Diane Feinstein. That would have been a fun debate. The 380 freeway is named after him. That, that part of the freeway between uh, 101 and 280, named after Quentin Cop. And um, also he's retired, sits on several boards, and writes us letters. Yes, he estimated that he's written 3,000 letters to journalists in his lifetime, which is 92 years, coming up on 93, which is why we gave him a birthday (laughs) present. Um, He also divulges he has the same birthday as London Breed. Fun fact. And uh, he also was a subject of a story recently. I want to give credit, like kind of almost our spiritual third co-host here is Lily Janik, who actually received uh, one of those critical letters. I think it was grammar related and went out and met him and wrote a story about him. And I think that was the point where you and I, after talking about Quentin Cop, are like, all right, let's sit down and do a podcast. Yeah, we were kind of half joking about it for a long time because um, we were a little bit scared, <laughs> but um <laughs> In person, he's very um, gentlemanly, and he did not criticize us verbally, although I'm sure we will get a letter because of this podcast. I don't think the letters are going to stop. I thought about that. Like, we've met with him now. We've had a few laughs. I don't think the letters are going to slow down. Um, set up this visit for me. I, I actually picked you up, and we drove out to his West Portal office. Yes, West Portal um, is a very old-fashioned neighborhood in San Francisco. I love it. It has lots of great small businesses lining the main drag there. And at the very end of the western part of that main drag is the is an office in which Quentin Cop rents has rented an office for a very long time. We saw the desk where he writes the letters and um, he reads the Chronicle and the Wall Street Journal there every morning and then is inspired to write um, several letters because of what he's read that's angered him, um, made his blood pressure rise. So we got to see where where the magic <laughs> happens. Um, he does not 
type or use email or social media. So letters are his only way of contacting um, journalists when he has something he's angry about from the morning's newspaper. Yeah, I mean, and I used to get letters, you know, 20 years ago, I got letters all the time from a bunch of people. I get fewer and fewer. Quentin cops are the ones that are still coming like clockwork. I actually get a little jealous when you text me and say you've got a few Quentin cop letters and I didn't get one. I'm like, am I not writing, you know, controversial enough stories? (laughs) Yeah, and he did tell us that um, what he was going to do immediately after the podcast was write our education reporter, Jill Tucker, <laughs> an angry letter. <laughs> so get ready, Jill. Yeah, and that does come up in this podcast. And he, uh, by the way, mentions why he's writing it to her. And we didn't challenge it because we just wanted to get on to the next thing. So um, he, he has a criticism of Jill, but I don't want anybody to take that as fact. Jill gets her response uh, maybe in a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, it was a good time, and uh, we were a little bit nervous. It ended up being a good conversation. We talk about, and we get some life lessons from Quentin Cop. He called me, I thought this was kind of cute, after the episode to add that in addition to his other life lessons, that uh, key to longevity is that he swims every day for 25 minutes at the Olympic Club. Um, so if you're looking to add a few extra years to your life, uh, get that swim in. Quentin Cop coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, welcome to the Total SF podcast. You were... You were uh, asking us what a podcast was when we came in, and uh, kind of like a radio show, and people are going to listen to this, and they know who you are, and, and are, know who we are, and um, we're just glad to be here. Uh, you, you invited us to your West Portal office. How long have you been here? Uh, I've uh, rented a uh, office from Peter Bagatellis, Esquire, who's uh, brother and sister, and he owned a building that was founded by their late father, a medical doctor, since uh, 2010. And it's about a mile and a quarter from my house, so uh, it's uh, a good fit. And uh, I pay a modest, even uh, far below market rate uh, in rent. You have rent control? Pardon me? Do you have rent control? No. (laughs) It's a a commercial property. (laughs) So you've lived here for quite some time. What do you like about West Portal? Uh, West Portal has a conglomeration of uh, businesses of all kinds, including uh, seven or eight restaurants in three blocks. Uh, and uh, many people still know me as I walk uh, up and down uh, the street, but it has almost any kind of uh, service which uh, a resident uh, needs. It has an excellent bookstore. And a bookstore, which is outstanding. That's correct. And um, a a newspaper uh, store. Mm, We like those. Which carries 
all the newspapers that are still uh, printing. How many newspapers do you read a day? I read uh, two newspapers a day. I read the Chronicle and I read the Wall Street Journal. We and, thank you for that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we know you read us because we get a lot of letters. <laughs> I'm You're... about to send Jill Tucker one. Oh, what did she do wrong? <laughs> she made a mistake in that story about uh, the school board today, referring to a uh, lawsuit which was filed uh, by Paul Scott, an attorney who started practicing in San Francisco with me and who sued to... Uh, set aside the uh, action or the resolution of renaming 44 schools. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Jill uh, said the lawsuit was threatened. It was more than threatened. It was filed, and uh, Paul Scott obtained an alternative writ of mandate, which says to the school board, either repeal that resolution or show cause on such and such a date why you haven't done so. Mm -hmm. We'll let her know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, you came into my life, we'll say 79, because that's when I started paying a little bit of attention. I'm, I'm a close to being a Chronicle paper boy. I remember the 79 election distinctly because it was you and Feinstein and Jello Biafra, which... Wow, that's quite a collection of people. Which hopefully that was a fun debate. <laughs> I, I would pay to see that. But I, I look at the uh, stories now. I look back and they framed you as abrasive. There was a whole story profile about oh, you being abrasive. Curmudgeon. And I, curmudgeon. <laughs> And I, I want to ask about that because, you know, Lily Janik wrote her story and we get our letters and we joke about you being a little bit abrasive, a little bit of a curmudgeon. <laughs> um, I think in a positive way, there's, you know, respect there. Yeah. What do you think about that that tag? Was that fair? And, and what do you think about? I think it was fair. And uh, Clint Riley came up with a uh, television ad to deal with it, in which I uh, sat in a chair and somebody interviewed me saying, uh, it said that you're a curmudgeon. Is that true? And I would roar with laughter to show that I was cuddly. Uh, <laughs> I don't think of you as cuddly. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, uh, I did. I don't think that affected the result of the election. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just one unbelievable story out of City Hall these days after another. The most recent one was um, the $20,000 trash can. Um, do you think that City Hall needs somebody who's more of an abrasive independent more than ever? Yes. Yes. Uh, in my uh, years, 15 years, most of the time, John Barbagelato was there. He had been elected in 1969. He and I had met in 1964 when I was uh, Pierre Sal, one of his lawyers, and getting him on the ballot for the Democratic primary for the United States Senate. And, uh, of course, he had his real estate office on West Portal Avenue and lived couple blocks away in St. Francis Wood and 
he endorsed me, and that was uh, precedent-breaking when he endorsed me in 1971, together with uh, Molinari and another fellow who didn't get elected, Molinari did, because the custom was that you didn't, if you were a supervisor, you didn't, enter, you didn't endorse anybody, hmm. even your own buddies on the board. And it's a good policy. Uh, it's not law, but it's a good policy. And, and we should mention Barbara Gelata. We just went by Barbara Gelata Real Estate, which yeah. shows how embedded that name is in San Francisco oh, yes. and also how old school West Portal is. Yes. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah, and his son Paul is responsible primarily. Yeah. Paul, who I don't think even graduated from City College, has built that business yeah. uh, beyond anything John could ever imagine when Paul was a little boy. But I, I interrupted yeah, you, yeah, and I'm but, sorry. But, but John was a fiscal conservative, hmm. and that's when I began to learn fiscal conservatism and how important it was to protect taxpayers. That doesn't exist in San Francisco anymore. That's, that, that doesn't exist anymore. There isn't a single one of the 11 who uh, talks about it or practices mm-hmm. it, and that's why you've got a budget of $13.8 uh, billion a year, which is more than the city of Philadelphia's budget. Is, is there anybody you like now? Well, I like Aaron Peskin, uh, and uh, I know that he's uh, with friends of mine who just denounce him regularly, but uh, Aaron is honest, and uh, he's bright, and so he's got his... He's a little abrasive, too. (laughs) I guess he is, yeah. I guess he is, and he likes, or I guess he's now uh, going sober. Yeah, uh, but uh, he likes uh, like a lot of us during t- the pandemic. Yeah, he's, yeah, but he likes to tipple now <laughs> and then. Uh, I've never seen him in that condition before the pandemic. We used to have dinner a couple of times a year with our uh, wives, and I'd have lunch with him. But I like him, uh, and I don't know about the uh, rest of them. What? Uh- <laughs> I want to switch to a little bit about the letter writing, because we get your letters. Your letters Uh, are famous among journalists in San Francisco. Uh, Lily Janik described your handwriting as a jaunty, swooping cursive, which I think is accurate. Were you always a letter writer? Yes, uh, I was. During World War II, I was, uh, let's see, in 41, I was uh, 13. And when the war ended, 1945, I was 16. But uh, I wrote to my uncles and my cousins who were in the military. It was just what you did. Almost every night I would write at least one letter. Um, Are are you anti-typewriter, email? Did you ever adopt any of that? Or was it cursive letters all the way through? I'm not a professional typewriter. Yeah. A typist. I didn't take typewriting uh, or shorthand in high school, which you could take. And uh, males used to take those subjects, not as many as females. But I uh, typed uh, of a fashion when I was in college. I had to. 
for papers uh, and the like. Uh, and I'm not an email uh, exponent. Uh, I have a assistant, let's say an administrative assistant, who I dictate to on the telephone, and she handles the emails, and she gets them and faxes them uh, to me in the next room. <laughs> uh, I want to first note that I'm a much better typist than Heather. I think what? typewriting is... I'm, I'm trying to... I'm making a feminist statement oh, here, okay. Heather. Okay. Let's, uh, let's... I, I, think, I think men and women can type uh, well equally. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I also want to ask you about social media. Did you ever think about... Facebook or Twitter, because you would be fantastic on Twitter. Dan Rather's on Twitter. Mel Brooks is on Twitter. Mel Brooks is like five years older than you. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we could help you set up a Twitter account. <laughs> I uh, I will accept that <laughs> offer. Yeah, no, I haven't thought about it. Uh, and so it puts me at a disadvantage. There's no question about that. Uh, Do you have any social media presence? No. No. Yeah. No. Uh, so that raises the question. Does social media need me more than <laughs> I need social media? <laughs> How many letters do you think you write every week? Uh, about 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does a day pass where you don't write a letter? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would say oh, yeah. about of those 10, like seven are to Heather, right? <laughs> Well, it uh, has uh, the uh, therapeutic effect of letting her know I'm reading her. I do le- look forward to your letters. Whenever I check my mailbox at the Chronicle, there's always a letter from you. Good. Where do Peter and I rank among the people that you write most frequently? Probably uh, in the upper 60%. Okay. High yeah. five. Yay. <laughs> I, we've had times where we're at the point now, because we get back in frequently to check our mail, and Heather will be like, I got three letters. <laughs> and then I go and I have none or I have one, and then I'm just like, kind of like, oh. But mine are more like, and this is me, I, I'm. it's a miracle I'm a journalist because I was just not a good student and I had you know some attention deficit disorder issues with my learning and and. A lot of my letters from you are either you're appreciating the nostalgia of what I write or you're coming down on me because I used a word wrong, which yeah, I do I'm a lot. You're correcting you. You're correcting <laughs> me. Yeah. It's yes. about 50-50 yeah, uh, <laughs> between appreciating. I, like, uh, I should do that more because uh, there's so much tautology in the Chronicle. It merits more attention. <laughs> and I was taught. Uh, about the iniquity of uh, tautology by a long-ago Chronicle columnist, Charles McKay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. The Fearless Spectator. Oh, I, I read it often. <laughs> I didn't know what tautology was, even though I didn't major in English in college. I uh, took English uh, courses, and I was a first-rate reader of uh both fiction and nonfiction. He taught me about tautology. Nobody teaches uh, the evil of tautology now. Well, we appreciate the letters. Honestly, if they stop coming, we're going to be worried. So keep writing. How do you feel, though, when you're writing them? I mean, are you, is it, 
uh, do you consider it banter? Is it you know? Are you are you pretty it's angry m- at us, or is it uh, a little angry? <laughs> it's uh, to use an old expression, letting off steam. <laughs> okay. Do you feel better after you've written the letter? Yes, yeah. I do. Cool. Yes, and it's worth the fifty-five cents. <laughs> You I must was, be at the post office a lot. Pardon me? You must be at the post office quite regularly. No, I uh, buy two rolls every month. One for the office, one for home. Hmm. <laughs> and one for Heather. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. Well, I, I want it. We're going to have a lightning round in a little bit, and that's going to be very short answer. So we're going to prep you that's for true. that. But uh, I wanted to ask you, your your wife, uh, Mara, is yes. president of the Cow Palace Board. I'm a huge Cow Palace fan. I think it's just like, you know, the working class hero of the Bay Area. Yes. And as much as I love the past, I, I think it, it could have a future, you know, fitting in to a different kind of event that's not Chase Center. I'm pro Cow Palace. I wanted to just ask you a few of the favorite Cow Palace events that you've seen, because I only go back to like the 80s. You must have seen like Evil oh. Knievel. Did you go to WrestleMania, Roller Derby? You must have seen it all. I've, uh, well, the one I remember probably uh, first was the NCAA Regional Basketball Tournament. Uh, and I saw that uh, oh, about 1959 or 60 uh, because it featured Elgin Baylor from Seattle oh, yeah. University. And I saw it with a young friend of mine who was in high school when I was stationed in Oklahoma in 1954 who had played basketball at Stanford. And uh, I remember... Uh, specifically the circus, which I took my two sons to at the uh, Cow Palace. And, uh, of course, I remember uh, the uh, the rodeo, uh, which I used to go to even before Mara was on the Cow Palace board, and she went on that board about uh, in 2006. Mm Mm-hmm and has been president since 2015. And the Cow Palace has had a custom of practice, incidentally, that once you're elected president, you remain president until you don't want to be uh, president anymore. Uh, And uh, I did see uh, Evil Knievel (laughs) at the uh, Cow Palace. He he broke a couple bones, if Mm -hmm. I remember. Uh, Not not quite enough room in the Cow Palace for him to land the motorcycle. (laughs) And uh, uh, I saw the Warriors play there. Uh, I saw the ill-fated ice hockey team play there. The Sharks or the Bulls? The Bulls. Oh yeah, I yeah, saw the Bulls. The Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls were a good time. Yeah, I, I would. I yeah. wish they would bring back another yeah. hockey team. Maybe uh, Mara doesn't, but <laughs> no, she does. And yeah. Of course, events are a staple. Although, uh, as a uh, uh, footnote, uh, even despite the inability to hold events the last uh, year and almost a uh, year and a half. The Cow Palace has been leasing its property hmm. 
including the San Francisco Tennis Club and uh, Daly City uh, Police Department for training, the San Francisco MTA for training and the like, and has got a surplus of four million four hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, Maybe in, Mara needs to go to City Hall. <laughs> yes, and uh, the state has not funded agricultural districts at all since 2008. So all of the uh, 54 or so agricultural districts have to cover their own costs. Well, we we appreciate the Cow Palace. I want to do like some kind of roller roller skating night there because roller derby. Oh, Ann, I, Ann I saw roller derby. Did you see Ann Colvello and who was a uh, she used to take tickets at the Niner games yes, too. Yes, yeah. I saw her. Yeah, yeah. They had a woman's league. Yeah. Well, you've survived our serious questions, and now it's time for the lightning round. So these are so quick these are answers. short answers. Quick answers. Couple I'm words gonna, I'm going to cut you off if, <laughs> if I need to. I, He's ruthless. Respect to you, Judge Cop, and everything you've done in this city, but I will cut you off. If we get... <laughs> Where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? <laughs> I don't eat burritos. Oh, taco, <laughs> Mexican food. Uh... I don't know. I just did have a taco someplace. I, <laughs> just say Westlake Joe's. Yeah, Westlake West Joe's. Westlake Joe's is the answer to every <laughs> food question, Heather. What is your favorite? <laughs> what is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, uh, yeah, the one with uh, what was it? Clint Eastwood. Dirty Harry. Yeah, Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, that also helped me in 1971 because you could advertise your political campaign on the Muni streetcars and buses. And I had a big sign on the Muni streetcars. And that one of those streetcars was portrayed in the movie. Oh, no, we're going to look for that. I'm going to check Pete, out the movie. The late Peter Finnegan used to claim that that's how I beat him wow. for the sixth that's and last spot. I'm, I'm going to go look that up, and if I can find that image, we're going to get that on Twitter. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a stiff drink? I don't. I only drink at home. Uh, What's your drink of choice? What is? What's your favorite drink? Uh, vodka martini. Like Herb King. Straight up. Yep. And uh, secondly, uh, tequila over ice. Okay, but you don't go out. I don't uh, go out uh, now. <laughs> at ninety-two, almost ninety-three, I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> On the on the road. What was your first concert? Do you remember? My first music concert. Oh, gee, yes, sure. Syracuse, New York, on Sunday nights, the Strand Theater, which was at the south end of South Salina Street, the main street in San Francisco, uh, used to have big bands. I saw mm. Paul Whiteman. I saw. Bob Crosby and his Bobcats. I saw Cab Calloway. Wow. Uh, Paul Whiteman mm -hmm. and his orchestra. 
uh, and I would take uh, it took about 15 minutes by bus from our house downtown. And I was uh, probably 12 years old. That sounds fun. Yeah. What was the last book you read? Uh, I'm uh, in the process of uh, reading uh, a book from the California Historical Society, of which I'm a member of, on uh, the uh, gold rush. Mm and the beginnings of uh, the state of California as a state, 1948, uh, I mean, 1848. Mm -hmm. How many letters do you think you've written to journalists in your lifetime? <laughs> 2,000, 3,000. Wow. No, more, more, <laughs> higher. It's, you... like, it's like Price is Right, higher, <laughs> higher. Have you ever gotten a response written? Yes, uh, a few. A few. a few, yeah. You got our birthday card. Yeah, That's yes. kind of a response. Right. Yeah. What is your biggest gripe about modern day San Francisco? City Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a fiasco. Uh, I think the mayor does uh, as well as she can with her background and uh, with the Board of Supervisors. Uh, she's an honest person, and uh, she uh, also has the merit of being born on August 11th. Oh, oh there we go. Together. You share a birthday. Yes. Uh, How old is she going to be? I don't know. Hmm, she's mid 40s. in her 50s, I no, think. No, she's not 50 yet. She's Isn't not she? going to like hearing that. Well, she's... <laughs> She's, she's uh, had a remarkable life, yes. uh, and but uh, the department heads uh, are feckless. Uh, the board of supervisors uh, is a joke. Uh, there's uh, there's no serious uh, effort to uh, control spending or to minimize taxes. It's just uh, the opposite. And uh, uh, it's abated a bit, but another one of the iniquitous practices has been to give tax breaks to these technology companies if they uh, settle in San Francisco. The late uh, Mayor Lee did that with uh, a couple of those companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is abominable public uh, pothos to bribe businesses by cutting taxes. What about uh, the business in the next block on West Portal? Well, Heather and I are very pro small business, so yeah. that's that's an area where um, yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna argue with you. you no letters on that. No. We're pro small business, and and I think now more than ever we need to yeah. help these businesses. Thank you. You have survived the basic lightning round questions. That's what everybody gets. We have one special for you. Um, other than politics and grammar, so taking away what might be in a letter, what life advice would you give to us? Life advice. You, after all, survived 93 years. Still happy, very smart, great memory, doing well. Never retire. <laughs> Uh, and uh, that uh, means that your mind keeps 
working. Your brain keeps working. Uh, don't get hard of hearing. Uh, that is a um, affliction I have, and uh, it's uh, disconcerting to other people as uh, well as uh, me, but that's mostly hereditary. Yeah, I can't really help that. My mother was had poor hearing, and my sister, who's uh, 20 months younger in Los Angeles, does too, and so do I. And uh, continue to go to an office. Uh, of course, you don't do it during a, a pandemic. Uh, every day, get out of the house during uh, the day for three, four, five uh, uh, hours uh, or so and participate uh, in civic organizations. Uh, I'm on the board of, I think, uh, five entities. Uh, uh, I'm president of the Korean War Memorial Foundation, which raised over $4 million to build the memorial in the Presidio of San Francisco. I'm on the board of uh, Jay, the Jewish newspaper of Northern California, where my uh, function is to raise money. Uh, and I'm on the board of the California First Amendment Coalition, which uh, is similar. Uh, and I'm on the board of uh, the Northern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, which doesn't require uh, much uh, time or effort. Uh, but participate in that kind of an organization. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. mentioned my wife. Uh, she's on the board of the Salesian Boys and Girls Club. Been on it about 20 years uh, or more. And she was on the board of the Adult Rehabilitation Center of the Salvation Army. And I was taught that by my mother particularly. She was a leader in uh, organizations in Syracuse and in Onondaga County, and she never finished high school. She got to uh, the third year of high school and had to go to work to make money in Binghamton, New York, to pay for college and medical school educations of her two young brothers. Wow. But she still participated, she and that's a great lesson. She participated, and... By the time of her junior year, she had learned how to type and take shorthand to be secretary to the richest man in Binghamton, Willis Sharp Kilmer, of Kilmer's Root uh, Tonic. I'll, I'll get some of that, whatever it is. Yeah, Hopefully yeah, it'll help me yeah, with my hair yeah, growth. Yeah. Um, well, I, just finishing off, I, I, uh, we wrote it in the letter, and uh, uh, we do appreciate the letters. We appreciate your interest in the Chronicle, even if we don't agree. Uh, appreciate the feedback, and it you know, starts a dialogue and, uh, and also just appreciate your service as a politician here and as a judge and uh, continuing to uh, care about San Francisco, which is something that all three of us at the table, I think, can agree about. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you in person and I will check my mailbox regularly. I hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> thank you, Heather. and Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Time it's 2 a.m. It's time for closing. 
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think. sfchronicle.com slash pod.